0: to the color and chaos podcast thank you so much for tuning in today it is an honor that you are here no matter where you are coming into this whether you are watching or listening or you are coming into this maybe for the first time it is an honor that you are here my name is jonah fair and i'm recording this from macomb michigan and real quick i'll go over what color and chaos is Coloring chaos is a cry from my heart that I know that I can see. It's in the moments of difficulty, of trials, of confusion. Instead of me running away from all that stuff that just threatens our comfortability, may we instead lean into our Creator, Savior, Sustainer, saying, Lord, through you, I can see a color out of this chaos and a growth that can never come just on my own. And so color and chaos is that cry. It's a cry that in the chaos there is color when we, instead of leaning on our own understanding or our own strength, we lean on the one who created, saved us, and sustains us. If you're anything like me that you have dealt with some anxiety and worry and confusion and doubt, especially during this time, again, it's an honor to pray for you. And so I just want to do that and then we'll jump into today's episode. And again, it's not by accident that you are here today and I'm pumped to see what the Lord is going to do with it. So here, let's pray. Lord God, we just want to silence our hearts, our questions, our fears, our worries, our doubts, our confusions. Lord, we just want to bring it out and hold it out for you to hold and for you to take. Lord, I just pray for the heavy hearts today that those that are listening or watching this, that maybe they're going through some intense pain, intense difficulty, intense hardship or heartbreak. Lord, will you just please meet them in a real and relevant way and just overwhelm them with your peace, with your presence that goes far beyond anything these external circumstances are saying. So, Lord, we just want for you to have your will and way in us and through us. Lord, please speak through me. Move me to the side, Lord, and just let this be an opportunity that we come with our walls down saying, Lord, help us hear you and help us respond. So, Jesus, we need you, and it's upon your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. To be very honest with you, very, very transparent with you, April is such a weird month to me. Every relationship that I've been in, every serious romantic relationship that I've ever been in, it has ended in April. And I don't know why, as there's, there's some relationships that, well, yeah, many of the relationships actually started in April as well. And so April is just a weird month. And, and the other day I woke up and it was just kind of heavy on my heart. And I was just remembering a uh, previous heartbreak, even this time last year, of just, God, you know, wow, you know, that was something I didn't expect. But Lord, I, I know that I can see your faithfulness from that time to this time. And the growth that you've done within me is is phenomenal. It's crazy. And I know that that couldn't have just come from my own. And so, Lord, it's crazy. Even in the midst of heartbreak, you meet us. Is so that something I've been just thinking about, especially in this month, as we just walked into April together? Um, of course, me, like you, I'm still walking through um, the unknown uh, here in Michigan, and, and especially now the news that Michigan, Detroit, the, the Detroit metro area where I'm at, is, is one of the third um, greatest hotspots uh, for this virus in the United States. It's, it's mind-boggling. It's crazy. But what an awesome opportunity to be able to be the light here in what, what can feel like so just intense darkness. One of the crazy things also about the context of April, especially this year in 2020, as I'm recording this, is that we are about to walk into Easter Sunday. We're about to walk into one of the most intense and horrific times of our 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 entire history, but then also one of the most important and the most important time within world history, and, and that's Easter. It's all centered around one man, and his name was Jesus, and around one event, and that is his death and crucifixion and his resurrection. And so even though maybe you're walking into this month and, and your heart may be heavy over a lot of different things, it's also crazy and ironic because when we're walking through a lot of intense extremes of one side of the emotional spectrum of being a human— we also are about to walk into the complete opposite side of just hope and restoration and resurrection. So no matter where this month finds you, one of the one of the the things that it kind of goes no matter what those extremes are that you are relating with right now as I'm speaking, it, it all centers around our heart. It all centers around our heart. And that's what I've just kind of been thinking about recently, especially in the context of where where we are right now as a people. Is Lord, what is, what, what is the state of my heart, Lord? I don't need a state of the union. I don't. I don't need another press conference to tell me that things are bad. But Lord, what is the state of my heart, and not not the heart of of someone else? But Lord, where am I? Where am I in in relation with my relationship with you? Where am I in terms of my emotions and the things that I have walked through, that I am walking through, and that I will walk through? Lord, where am I as as a as a son or a daughter or a husband or a, or a father or mother or, or wife or as a friend? Where am I? Lord, where am I, more importantly, as a son and daughter to you? So as I've been thinking about that, one of the passages that the Lord uh, put on my heart pretty heavily was Proverbs chapter 4. And it's crazy because I wasn't even really drawn to 4 right off the bat. If anything, I was an, honestly drawn to chapter 3. And I'll read the, the, the specific verse that I was drawn through to recently, but then how that took me into Proverbs 4. But this is what Solomon says as he wrote in Proverbs. And he says this, Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. This is what Solomon says. He says this, Trust the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you what path to take. And as I just read that, I was just reminded, Lord, yeah, trust the Lord with all of your heart. And that could be difficult, can it? It can be very difficult, especially now. I think a lot of us are finding just how difficult it is to truly trust the Lord with all of our heart when all of our comforts, all of our comfortabilities kind of rot away. Now it's just like, okay, all right, God, you got my attention. What do you want to show me? What do you want to teach me? So I've been thinking about all these things, and then I feel like he led me to Proverbs chapter 4, and specifically in verse 23. So Proverbs 4, 23, and that's just kind of the, the crux of where we're going to stay for this podcast. But This is what he says. He says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I'm going to read that again. Guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Maybe you haven't guarded your heart. And all the extremes of life and the extremes of emotions maybe have overtaken your heart and wrapped itself around it. Maybe feelings of regret, of mourning, of 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 a grief that just doesn't seem to leave. Maybe it's a maybe it's a feeling of just, you know, overwhelmingness. It's one thing to read, like what Solomon said, trust the Lord in all your heart and then guard your heart. But then it's another thing to actually walk that out. How do we trust the Lord with all of our heart? How do we guard our heart? As I was just kind of reading that and praying and just asking the Lord, being honest with the Lord about my confusion, he kind of led me to some of the verses around right here what Solomon wrote. And so there's there's four things that I picked up on about how we guard our heart, and this is through the best of times and the worst of times. Every single day, guard your heart. And then there's four things that kind of came out to me in this text that we were reading that I wanted to share with you. No matter what you were going through, the best of times and worst of times, one of the first things is turning away from wickedness. And he says this in, in chapter 4, verse 14, don't do as the wicked do and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. Turn away and keep moving. It's easier said than done, isn't it? Turn away and keep moving. I've been reading some theologians and some uh, some pastors and some of their thoughts on it. And, and one of the thoughts, especially on this first point of turning away from wickedness, this is what um, one of one of the, the former pastors within the United States in the 1700s, his name was Joseph Benson. And he says this, if thou has advisedly entered into sin, don't persist in it but get speedily out of it. Keep at a great distance from it. One of the ways that we guard our heart through this intense season is is doing just that, saying, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me for the ways that I have been choosing myself and not have been choosing you. Lord, show me the ways that I have been just starting to love the things that you hate Lord, help me not love the things that you hate. Help me not love the things that you died for. And one of the thoughts I also had as I was just kind of reading this, because it goes on in verse 16, it says, for evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can't rest until they've caused some, someone to stumble. Verse 17, they eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. And I was thinking about this, when when, when you're dead, Rotting meat becomes your diet. Heavy heart. Has rotten meat started to become your diet? Maybe in this season you're starting to realize, wow, there is so much rotten meat that I've been feasting on. May this be an opportunity for us to say, Lord, no longer break my heart for what breaks yours. Lord, help my heart be guarded from the things of this world and even through me, myself, by by saying, Lord, no, no, I want to start to fall in love with what you love. And that brings uh, us to the next point of how we guard our heart, and that can be found in Proverbs 4, verse 18. And this is what Solomon says. He says this, the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter into the full light of day. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter into the full light of day, verse 19. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over heavy heart. May we not just say, okay, Lord, I want to hate the things that you hate, but may we start to say, Lord, no, I want to cling to righteousness. I want to know what is righteous. I want to know what your will for my life is that goes far beyond any bit of my external circumstances or comforts. Ken Nether, he was a guest here on this podcast and it was a good episode. Go check it out. But one of the things that he said that I love how he said it, he said that, you know, one of the first things that God calls us to is himself. And that is so true. We guard our heart by first obeying and answering the call to himself. And that comes through one, surrendering, saying, Lord, on my own, I am dead apart from you. I am a sinner. But Lord, too, I'm clinging to righteousness. I don't want to cling to the dead meat of my selfishness and sinfulness that I once was. But I want, Lord, I want for you to teach me, show me what I need to be eating on. And and at the end of the day, sometimes we can kind of stop here and miss the most important aspect of clinging to righteousness. Clinging to righteousness is not just clinging to our idea of what righteousness is. Clinging to righteousness is clinging to the righteous one. Righteousness is also a noun. It's a noun. It's a person. And at the end of the day, we know what righteousness is by the person of Jesus. By the person of Jesus. By the person of Jesus. This leads me to Romans 5 verse 12. To twenty-two, And this is what Paul writes in Romans, in Romans 5, verse 12 to 22. And I want to read this. And as I read this heavy heart, I pray that righteousness starts to become even more alive within your life as you start to realize that righteousness is not what you do, but who you surrender to. And this is what Paul writes in Romans 5, verse 12. He says this, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Heavy heart, you, me, we are sinners. Why? Because of our ancestor, Adam. That is not just what we have done, it's a posture of our heart. Our hearts are bent away, away from God, away from our creator, savior, and sustainer. Verse 13, yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not any yet law to break. Verse 14, still everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey the explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a simple representation of Christ who was yet to come. So through Adam, we see that death entered the world. And even those that, that, you know, were were clinging to righteousness and trying their best to to not give into that selfishness and self-centeredness. They still died. The, the, the weight of sin still had its effect. And heavy heart, maybe you're feeling the weight of that sin. Not just the, the, the concept of sin, but the reality and the consequence of sin, which is death. Maybe through this whole pandemic, you've been starting to see death first, First, you know, that the first thing you wake up and the last thing you see before you go to sleep, you're just reminded of death and death and death and death. And maybe that's been weighing heavy on you. And I'm a firm believer that that's Okay. That death weighing heavy on you should lead you to the source of life, and that's what Paul does in this next verse, verse 15. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different than the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads our being to be made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. That that word right there, we cling to righteousness, right? The gift of righteousness is Jesus. So God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it, Those who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Heavy heart. How fantastic is it that that we can guard our hearts when we start to hate what the Lord hates, that when we also cling to him, he can help our hearts rest, not in our external circumstances or our own ability to not sin, but we rest in the one who overcame sin and death. Our hearts, we can guard our hearts when it is resting in Jesus, in the in the finished work of Jesus. Jesus, the one man who lived a sinless life, died as if he was sin itself. And on the cross, he took on all of our sins, our past, present, and future sins. That is what is so beautiful about Easter. because going on Easter. Not only did he take our sin, but he defeated our sin by being resurrected, by raising his life. Because the wages of sin is death, because Jesus himself did not sin, he rose again and he gives an invitation, God himself, through Christ, God gives us an invitation for us to be reconciled back with him, that our hearts can be restored in the source and the well springs of life, not of darkness and death and destruction and wickedness. How amazing is it that we have an opportunity to guard our hearts by clinging to righteousness. And what a better time to do that than right now. So another way that we can guard our heart besides just refusing to, to be in the presence of wickedness and clinging to righteousness is also found in verse 24. So this is what Solomon says. He says this, Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. I'm gonna read that again. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Last week, we talked about everything bright and beautiful. We talked about the idea that through Christ, that he is the source of everything bright and beautiful and everything within us longs to be reconciled back to him. And when we start to stray away from Christ, what happens, especially if you are a follower of Jesus, the spirit of God that was placed within you as you ask Jesus to be Lord of your life, the spirit of God will start to convict you and say, hey, no, 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 no. you're muddying up the waters that I've made pure. And so Solomon is saying that we guard our hearts by avoiding perversiveness. And one of the things and we talked about this last week, one of the things that we start to do sometimes when we're not feasting on the word of God and we're not feasting on what's true and noble and trustworthy and pure and honorable, what starts to happen is we start to confuse what light is. We start to to confuse what is good. We start to confuse what is pure and honorable and noble. And, and this text isn't saying that, that okay, avoid what you think is perversity. No, no, no. He's saying avoid what is perverse. And we know what is perverse by knowing what is it that the Lord hates. and And we know that through the word of God. One of the passages that I've been reading recently that I feel like goes along with this is found in Matthew 6, and Jesus is speaking. And he goes on to say this. Verse 22 addresses this directly. He says this, your eye is like a lamp that that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light that you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? Then he goes on, verse 24, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. So we know what is truly of God by knowing his word. And the moment that we start to say what we want the word to say or what we want to believe and not what the word says itself, that's when we start to allow perversity to kind of overtake our heart. And sometimes it's that slow boil. You know that illustration of, of the frog that's within the pot, and, and how he, his body will just start to adapt to whatever temperature it is, and before you know it, he, he dies. He doesn't get out of the pot, even though he could. And the reason is, is because when there's a slow fade happening within our hearts, sometimes we don't even realize that we are starting to drift away from the light, and, and, and drift away from righteousness itself, and that's Christ. And so sometimes the Lord allows for there to be things that take away that which we are starting to find functional saviors in and starting to, the things that were distracting us from him. He starts to allow the, the hurts and the chaoses to surround us in order for us to realize, wait, this is not, this is not where my hope is found. This is not where my peace is found. And this is not where my, my heart finds rest. So we guard our heart by, by, by getting away from that, which breaks the Lord's heart. And for two, falling in love with the Lord. And for three, starting to identify within us, Lord, help there be nothing perverse, corrupted within me that goes apart from your will and that is found in your word. And the last thing that I wanted to, to, to focus on is this, and it's found here in Proverbs 4 in verse 25, but this is what it says. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. I'm going to read that again. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So heavy hearts, we guard our hearts By staying focused on Christ, not our past, present, and future circumstances or events. No matter what you have been through, no matter what you go through, no matter what you will go through, if we stay focused on the reality that, Lord, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you are where my identity is found, then we can start to guard our hearts by not allowing regrets to overtake our emotions and overtake our thoughts. I struggle so much at times with the past, with past regrets and, and and past failures. I've shared that with you before, that I was the kid growing up that wouldn't go to bed when I would lay there in bed, but instead I'll be thinking about everything I'd done throughout the day and in and, 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 and different ways that I that I kind of messed it up and 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 that still continues even today and i feel like so many of us struggle and we're not who the lord desires us to be because we're st- still continuing letting the past define us but heavy heart no no you don't you don't you don't become free by focusing on that which once enslaved you you become free by focusing on the one who delivered us when we fix our 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 sights on what's ahead and what is ahead What's ahead is a life surrendered to the one that could do something with it. A life surrendered that, that is not found on all the external circumstances that at a moment could be taken away from us. A life that is centered not in the temporary just just stuff of the world, but the eternal life that is found in our Savior. And yes, we're walking into Easter. I'm not saying don't think about Easter I'm not, I'm not saying don't think about the Lord and, and how he overcame the grave for you and for me. I'm not saying that because the reality is, is that every single day we relive it over and over and over again. Every time we sin, every time we fall, we are reminded, Lord, you died for that which is making me stumble and I can rise up again, not through my own strength or my own understanding, but rise up through your resurrection that is being preached to me every single time I open up my eyes. Romans 1 20 says, since the beginning of time, God's invisible qualities have been clearly seen. Therefore, man is without excuse that every single day we are being renewed again, again and again. There's a couple of verses that stand out to me in this idea of being renewed day by day by day. And one of them is found in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Paul says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. And one of the questions you may have is, okay, well, how do I renew my mind second corinthians 4 16 is a reminder of how we are renewed and this is what it says therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day heavy heart you and me are being renewed day by day not by what we do or what we don't do but we are being renewed by the one who dwells within us that if you have asked Jesus to be Lord of your life and you have accepted his forgiveness and his righteousness that was found in him, if, if you have asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that rose him from the dead dwells within you and dwells within me. And that spirit is what helps renew us and convict us and grow us and mold us into who he, who he designed us to be since the day that we were in our mother's womb. May we choose him. May we guard our hearts by turning away from wickedness, clinging to righteousness, avoiding perversiveness by staying focused on his word and being focused on him and what he says, not what we think. And verse 25, 27, which said, stay focused on Christ and not past, present, or future events and circumstances. And especially as we're walking into Easter, what a perfect opportunity for us. To get quiet and to focus on the reality that, Lord, you care so much about me. That you loved us so much that you gave yourself so that we will not perish, but that we can have eternal life. And I wanted to read a passage from Luke chapter 22, verse 7. Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and asked, Go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. He replied, As soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, The teacher asked, where's the guest room so I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? Verse 12, he will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. There you should prepare a meal. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus has said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. Maybe you listening or watching this, you've had a lot of questions through this crazy season. You've been asking the Lord so many things. But what's really crazy is not only are you not alone with your questions, But the disciples had questions too. So Jesus is is about to have his his last supper with the the disciples. And disciples have a very innocent question. They said, where do you want us to prepare it? What stood out to me is that every question that we ask our God is an opportunity to grow our faith in him. Jesus doesn't waste anything. Even your questions, even your questions, the Lord doesn't waste anything. When our hearts are heavy and maybe we haven't guarded our hearts as we should, it's an opportunity for us to grow our faith in him. When we say, Lord, it's not about you answering these questions that I have, but it's about the journey that you want to take me on to to get me to where you want me to be. The Lord wants us to be completely surrendered to him and allowing him to guard our hearts, not our own ability. Another thing that stood out to me is that very later on, Jesus reminds them just how he is present within each and every process. He says this in, in Luke 22, verse 35, Jesus asked them, when I sent you out to preach the good news and you did not have money, a traveler's bag or an extra pair of sandals, did you need anything? No, they replied. But heavy heart, maybe you are just so, just you're saying, look, my heart has been heavy over so many different things. May we allow this to be an opportunity to lean into the process. Answers don't change hearts, but Jesus does. Answers don't sometimes take away all of the stuff that is threatening and attacking our heart, but Jesus can let peace be still over even the harshest of waves and oceans so heavy heart may we guard our hearts by looking to Jesus no matter the good and the bad that we walk through I want to pray for you and ask the Lord to be with you especially as we enter into this holy week but may every single day be a reminder of what he has done for us that you are alive here today because the Lord has a plan and purpose for you that goes far beyond anything this world can offer and may that be where our heart finds rest so here, let me pray. Lord God, just thank you so much that you care about the process. You care about each and everything that we go through, each and everything, every question that we have. Lord, you care so much. Lord, you care so much about this heart that can go through so many different extremes of emotions, because Lord, we know that you, yourself, you have the same heart And you had extremes of emotions and you felt all of our brokenness but lord you overcame our brokenness so jesus we look to you we look to you lord we know that you can empathize in our weakness because you are just like us but you overcame the grave so jesus thank you that you are the i am you are the alpha the omega you are the beginning the end you are the good shepherd lord you are a father You are faithful. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Lord, for those that are listening or watching this, and maybe they have heavy hearts, Lord, we lead them into the process of them having a surrender that will stick, that will last. A surrender not found on a concept or a feeling, but a surrender found in the resurrected Savior that you are Jesus. Lord, continue to work within my life. Help me not run away from the moments where you are calling me deeper into relationship with you. Lord, help us be men and women of your word, not of our feelings or emotions or thoughts. Lord, help us be honest with you, knowing that you don't shy away from any bit of brokenness within us. But Lord, you know our brokenness very well because on the cross, you felt every bit of our brokenness. But yet, Lord, you overcame the grave. And so we celebrate and we rest and we say thank you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Jesus, we thank you that you are where our identity rests. You are where our hope lies. You are where our future stands secure. So, Lord, come whatever may come to our lives, to our families, to our loved ones. But, Lord, we want to live this life as a beacon of light pointing others to you. Lord, help, we, help us not waste today. But ha- let us spend each and every day that you've given us as a just an opportunity to worship you through our words, through our actions, and through our, our feelings and our, 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 our hearts. Guard our hearts in you. Shine a light on us. We need you, Jesus. In your name we pray and we surrender and we thank you. Amen. 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 No matter the overcast sky, as I'm recording this, there's an overcast sky. Oh, our God is bright and beautiful. There'll be one day that we are around him in eternity. And Revelation talks about in heaven, there is no sunlight. Why? Because all of the source of light is found through Jesus himself. For there is no darkness in heaven. May we live on earth as it is in heaven today and say, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to let these external circumstances Tell me what what I should be feeling or should be thinking. No, no, Lord, I'm going to renew my thoughts in your word and renew it in the reality that you are the light that never goes out. Heavy heart, rest easy. I pray that you have a beautiful week. I pray that as uncomfortable as this week may be, that we surrender ourselves and take time to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to get uncomfortable. If being uncomfortable is what it takes for me to find my comfort in you, so let it be. So heavy heart, I'm so excited about the journey that the Lord wants to walk you through and walk me through in these coming days, and these coming weeks. Heavy heart, rest easy. God bless you. I, Lord willing, will talk to you next week. I'll see you.